It's philosophy talk. Take the number of vehicles in the field, A, multiply it by the probable rate of failure, B, then multiply the result by the average out-of-court settlement, C, A times B times C equals X. Is math like an abstract painting? Beautiful equations, but no connection to the world? Or is math like a blueprint for the universe? I don't understand these fractions. All right, what's one-third of 60? That's a fraction. I don't understand it. How can we rely on scribbled-out numbers and symbols to build bridges and spaceships? You do the math. You solve one problem, then you solve the next one, and then the next. And if you solve enough problems, you get to come home. The mysterious timelessness of math. Our guest is Arzu Islami from San Francisco State University. It was my understanding that there would be no math <laughs> during the debates. Coming up on Philosophy Talk. On Wednesday, February 14th, join us for a live recording of Philosophy Talk on the Stanford campus. We'll be thinking about mind sharing with Yale psychologist Julian Hara Ettinger. This event is free and open to the public. Everybody welcome. More information at philosophytalk.org. That's Wednesday, February 14th, 7 p.m. at the Stanford Humanities Center. Come share your mind. And your Valentine's Day. With Philosophy Talk. Is math a realm of timeless universal truths? Or are mathematicians just making it up as they go along? If equations are made up, why are they so useful? Welcome to Philosophy Talk, the program that questions everything. Except your intelligence. I'm Josh Landy. And I'm Ray Briggs. We're coming to you via the studios of KALW San Francisco Bay Area. Continuing conversations that begin at Philosopher's Corner on the Stanford campus, where Ray teaches philosophy and I direct the Philosophy and Literature Initiative. Today, we're thinking about the mysterious timelessness of math. You know, Ray, mathematics really is pretty mysterious. Aw, I know you're a literature guy, Josh, but if you just practice your times tables enough, you'll eventually get the hang of them. Hey, that's not what I meant. I don't mean that I'm bad at math. Actually, I, I had a great time doing math at high school. I nearly majored in it at college. But what I was trying to say is there's something puzzling about the whole enterprise of mathematics. Like, why is it so useful? Oh, gee, I don't know. Maybe it uh, describes the fundamental structure of the universe. But how could anyone learn about the fundamental structure of the universe just by scribbling symbols on a piece of paper? I mean, mathematicians don't run experiments. They, they don't even write down observations about the physical world. Yeah, but, but math is good for so many things. We use it to build bridges and, and predict the motions of planets and uh, explain why snowflakes have that funny six-pointed shape. Uh, oh, absolutely, but that's what's so wild about it. Like, how on earth can a bunch of doodles on a whiteboard help us build a bridge. Oh, you make it sound like a coincidence, but that's exactly what you would expect if math was latching on to deep, important truths. Like, okay, for some shallow truth, like I'm wearing purple socks, you might have to stop and check whether it's true because it could easily have been false. But for a really deep truth, like that two plus two is four, there's no need to check because what could possibly make it false instead of true? Are you wearing purple socks? Well, that's the magic of radio. No one has to know. Okay, but I still, I don't, I don't know if I totally agree with what you're saying here, because, I mean, if something's a deep truth, doesn't that make it even more important to verify it? Like, I don't need to check whether you're wearing purple socks. It doesn't really matter either way, but surely we all need to be certain that two plus two equals four. Well, look, we, we know that math works. Like that microphone you're speaking into now, you didn't build that. 
Math built that. No, engineering built it. If you want to make a microphone, you need to know about currents and sound waves and, and... equations and math. You can't understand currents and sound waves without equations. Okay, but math doesn't tell us anything new about the world. I mean, I think it's more like a filing system, right?、It、helps you organize what you already know. But but that information that that already had to be added by us. Yeah, wait, Josh. Wouldn't that make it kind of arbitrary? Like, okay, you could have a lot of different equally good filing systems. Why not pick one where two plus two is five? Well, I mean, your system would better at least be internally consistent. Like, if your version of arithmetic says one plus one equals two, then it also needs to say two plus two equals four. But it's still just a system for organizing and manipulating information. <laughs> no way. Math gets it. Deep truths about the universe. I mean, that's why it's so useful. Hey, I bet our guest is going to agree with me. She is Arzu Eslami, professor of philosophy at San Francisco State University, where she teaches the art of quantitative reasoning. She's definitely going to agree with me. <laughs> One thing we'll all agree on is that math is really cool. And our roving philosophical reporter Holly J McDeed went to talk to other people who love math and find out just what it is they love about it. She files this report. By Heart is a YouTube star who makes videos you may not realize you want in your life. Heart has over one million subscribers and makes videos about math. Pineapples, unlike people, don't have bilateral symmetry. You'll never have that third spiral be not a spiral, but just a straight line going up a pineapple. In one video, Heart attempts to determine whether the pineapple under the sea, home to SpongeBob SquarePants, is actually a pineapple. When we look at SpongeBob's supposed pineapple under the sea, it clearly has lines of pineapple things going straight up. Heart often begins these videos making fun of math class. Say you're me and you're in math class, and you're supposed to be graphing functions as if there were some deep relationship between y and x that your teacher just won't stop gossiping about. But like most gossip, you really don't care about y's unhealthy dependency on x. Really, y get a life. I had no idea that、uh, real math is a vast and、uh, fascinating ar- archipelago of knowledge. That's Edward Frankel, a professor of mathematics at UC Berkeley and the author of the book *Love and Math*. Growing up, he thought math was dull. Then he met a mathematician who taught him about the connections between math and quantum physics. He learned about how math was used to theorize about the existence of quarks, the elementary particles that protons and neutrons are built out of. It looked like.、Um... In a holy grail <laughs> to me, because now they were part of a coherent theory, and that's when I knew that there was some, there was this magical, mysterious world that, until that point, was closed to me. I was that was my initiation to that world. Frankel grew up in the Soviet Union, where the government tried to control academic research, but math felt safe because it was too abstract for the government to understand. Scientists in general were given a sort of a leeway.、Um, The government knew that they needed physicists, for instance, for their nuclear program and for development of various missiles and things like that, space program. Mathematics, algorithms, and technology determine a lot about our lives. But Frankel wishes more than just a few elite scientists could see the beauty of math. Almost all mathematics that we study in school is more than a thousand years old. It's really、uh, mind-boggling if you think about it. But how would anyone know? Because nobody ever talks about this. But some people are lucky. Clearly, somehow, 
geometry must have entered my bloodstream and has stayed there forever. Carlos Aken grew up in Switzerland. He's a professor of computer science at UC Berkeley, and from an early age, he loved numbers. Geometry really became this magic language for me that uh, allowed to see pattern and understand things in a more deeper sense. And um, not very formal with equations, but you know, I want to visualize things. The real breakthrough came when he saw a sculpture by Brent Collins, an artist whose work often represents mathematical equations. Saken created computer tools to capture and enhance the shapes of Collins' abstract sculptures. Like in the piece, The Music of the Spears, it's a curved bronze ribbon winding around a six-foot diameter. The title comes from The Harmony of the World by Johannes Kepler. Referring to what Kepler actually thought. He thought, you know, there was the universe and uh, all these planets and stuff and stars move in circles and, and they play some kind of a music. So for me, the first thing is I want to have a little model of that. Every year, Saken attends the Bridges Conference, a gathering to highlight the connections between math and art, music, architecture, and culture. The event includes a family day where people work on puzzles. The children, some as young as four or five, they get really, really excited. And then they're really captured by what they're doing and say, wow, this is so great. Just, you know what? That's mathematics. You just did mathematics. Back on YouTube, Vi Hart shows us how math can be fun and beautiful. In one video made about a year into the pandemic, Hart talks about music and repetition. For a lot of people, the pandemic meant a lot of repetitive days. So if you feel like since last Pi Day, your world has turned upside down and you're having trouble orienting yourself, there could be a mathematical explanation. Hart repeats a phrase on the piano in numeric terms 31415. Hart says the digits of pi are random notes when played in isolation. But if I'm playing sensitively, then you'll hear something more structured. I like to connect the ascending 345, or maybe even with a little bit of a swell in the middle. And then the ones, instead of being part of the melody, become harmonic support for the melody, like this. And maybe somewhere out there, a math teacher is on the piano trying something new, teaching a similar lesson about numbers and repetition. For Philosophy Talk, I'm Holly J. McDeed. Want to hear more? You can find the complete episode on iTunes Music. Or for unlimited listening, become a subscriber at philosophytalk.org.